Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, it's what everyone is waiting for. Our reporters answered the pressing questions on who will be traded first, Durant, Mitchell, or Westbrook. Plus, speaking of potential trades, we take a deep dive into Kyrie Irving's state of mind. What might the next steps be for him? And also, it's Friday, hey, which means it's the end of NBA Assist Week, so we have a very special top of the top for you. NBA Today starts right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show and happy Friday. So we know that maybe your kids or even you are headed back to school right now or maybe like me, you're trying to soak up those final days of summer now that the schedule release is out and some big contract extensions like LeBron's. They've been agreed to, signed, sealed, delivered. And to that end, NBA Today, we are going on a brief vacation of our own after today's show. So we thought we would start with the questions that we most want to see answered by the time we return, and that'll be after Labor Day. So you already know where we're gonna start, right? The most burning question, it has to surround Kevin Durant because even though 50 days have passed since he requested a trade, it appears we're no closer to a deal. So where will he be in two weeks with training camp looming? Hmm. And then there's question number two, right? The Utah Jazz, they've gone into full rebuild mode, it seems. But wait, Donovan Mitchell is still on the roster and the most popular trade destination, it seems to be the Knicks. So will Mr. Mitchell be in Manhattan by the start of the season? That's a question that I would like to see answered. And then last, but certainly not least, this show comes from Los Angeles, so we need to talk about the Lakers. What does the future hold for Russell Westbrook? The Lakers, they've extended LeBron James, also Russell Westbrook. He had that automatic opt-in in June, but it looks like they might be out of moves here. So are they willing to run it back with the same core, or will they seek a trade partner and try to fill out this roster a little bit? Hmm. So let's check in with some folks who may have the answers to those questions and who also got the pink memo with me today. It is NBA <laughs> reporters Nick Friedel, Tim McMahon, and NBA writer, senior writer for Anscape. It is our friend Mark Spears. So you guys already know where we're starting here, right? We we, we got to start with Kevin Durant because 50 days since the trade request. I guess since we're still in this stalemate, the question is, in the last 50 days, what have we learned here, Nick? Not much. <laughs> this is, this is the NBA's the version of Instagram versus reality. Huh. Because the Nets <laughs> thought that everybody was going to come and say, oh, we'll give you everything for KD. And the reality is that has not been the case. Hmm. And guys, I still have not seen a deal materialize where a team can give up what it wants to get Kevin and then still be a, at a title contention level because they're going to have to gut everything to make it happen for what the Nets want. So the short part of this, Malika, is I still don't expect anything to happen anytime really soon. And the league is waiting, but having lived through that Jimmy Butler, Minnesota saga where he came in and said, I want out, and they didn't move him, and that hovered over everything. Biggest question I have, having watched this team and right. been around him for months, 
what is Kevin going to do mm -hmm. when it comes time to report to media day right. and training camp and go, all right, am I going to play or am I going to sit and say, wait, I want to be out of here and I want to get moved. Well, and you were around him in Golden State, as were you, Mark, and you mm -hmm. know that maybe more than anyone in the league right now, Kevin Durant just loves to play basketball. Do you have any insight into this, what we might see coming up here, Mark? The one thing that's been very curious to me is that he's been hanging out a lot with James Harden. Mm. Mm. You know, uh, they went to the, what, the Travis Scott concert in London, and I actually got a call from an agent the other day who was asking me, man, are you hearing anything with Philly? I don't know what potential deal could be made. What, what? I just don't think the that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but, but I, I think that them being buddies again, hanging out, spending time together again is certainly making people, uh, everything seems a long shot right now, but them hanging out right now probably brings speculations to the Sixers all of a sudden. Well, and we can speculate all you want, but yeah. Kevin Durant has four years left on his contract. Absolutely. Yeah. He's not in control. This is not free agency. This yeah. is not a situation where he has the leverage of I'm choosing the destination, send me where I want to go. Yeah. And obviously, Sean Marks, the Brooklyn Nets, are setting a high bar for what it's going to take to get Kevin Durant. Yeah. And I think if you're looking at Eastern Conference powers that are in position to acquire him, right. uh, we've got to look at the Boston Celtics. If they're willing yeah. to put Jalen Brown as the centerpiece of a package, that's very tough to beat. Hmm. There's not a player in Philadelphia uh, you know, that age, that you know that proven of a performer that I, I think the Sixers can trump a Jalen Brown led package. Well I think part of the reason that we're still seeing this continue to play out is because when the Rudy Gobert trade was made earlier in the year that set such a mm. high bar for what Kevin Durant could possibly command here. But when Rudy left that left Donovan Mitchell. So let's move on to that there because Tim do you see a deal here before the season starts where we could see Donovan Mitchell out of Utah. Uh, look the question basically with Donovan Mitchell is when and then how much we know where right we can oh the Jazz are talking to this team that team that listen he's going to I, I haven't talked to anybody in the league who does not believe this ends any way other than Donovan Mitchell going hmm. to the New York Knicks. Uh, when exactly that happens, I don't know. I do know that if you hire a 34-year-old first-time head coach in Will Hardy, right. you don't want his first training camp to be all about the guy who's not going to be part of this on a long-term basis. So I think the start of camp is, I'm not saying it's a trade deadline. Ideally, they can get this done before then, but we also know Danny Ainge does not take discounts. He does not, quote-unquote, lose trades. Right, and you had a front-row seat to that first-year head coach, young head coach with Stephen Silas when he was dealing with whether or not James Harden would stay in Houston. We all saw how that played out. I thought he had handled that situation admirably, but it's certainly a tough one to handle. But I have to ask the question, Mark. Is there any scenario here where we see Donovan Mitchell starting the season in Utah? Somebody close to the Jazz told me, the, the Kevin Durant, I mean Garnett words, anything is possible. <laughs> and so that, I guess, Tim, that kind of goes against what you're saying, although I, I believe what you're saying. Obviously, Miami is a team that, that has been hot on it. Mm. But the fact that today they told me anything is possible, you know, it wasn't nothing in that that says he's staying. Um, well, I guess anything is possible, I mean, but I, I think possible. he's gone. Anything is possible, but it gone. seems and it seems like if he is gone, the Knicks right now seem to be the, the clear path to where he could be going. Certainly the most interest and can put the most attractive package on the table. Again, how much? Right. Yeah.
and then what do the Knicks look like? Are the Knicks where do they stand if you were to add if you were to add then Donovan Mitchell to that roster? Does that make them a second round playoff team? Does that make them an Eastern Conference? What does that do for the Knicks with who they have left? That's going to be really interesting to see. One more question here, Russell Westbrook. I guess what I'm I'm curious about is if we look to when we're back here in September, how much will the Lakers have been able to retool the roster because yeah. it's tough with Russell Westbrook still there in that contract. Yeah, well, put, let's put this graphic up. Um, <laughs> we haven't mentioned Kyrie yet, so yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that Kyrie... <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Come on now. I, 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 I do think with Russ, to me, like the Indiana Pacers move makes the most sense. Mm. You got Buddy Heald, who averaged 3.1 three-pointers made. That was six in the NBA last season. LeBron was number one for the Lakers in threes. He was 23rd. So it gives them a shooter that they've been coveting for a while. Also, this is not the Lakers were 18th in three-point shooting and rebounding. If you get Miles Turner, you get somebody that could, he averaged seven rebounds a game last season. He also makes one and a half threes a game, and he averaged 13 points. So the thing I think Miles Turner really helps the Lakers in is Anthony, Anthony Davis misses games. You got a quality power forward center who could, you know, fill the void. And, and, and that was the bad thing with the Lakers is once Anthony was gone, yeah. their, their bigs were depleted. They, they had nobody to fill the void. So with Anthony Davis, those two guys I think can be great together. Without Anthony Davis, he could help the ship uh, stay afloat. And of course, we know that Buddy Heald was the coulda, woulda, shoulda that the Lakers were looking at before Russell Westbrook landed on this roster. If there was another team that you would be looking at, Tim, that they could make a deal with, that Rob Palenka could call up and say, hey, let's figure this out, who would it be? Who has ready-made rotation players <laughs> and is in pick accumulation mode? What's going on in Utah? <laughs> hey, Boyan Bogdanovich, mm. Patrick Beverly, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson. I mean, some combination there. All of these guys are quality vets who are, you know, have playoff experience, and Utah's going into a rebuild. They don't need, there's no point in hanging on to those kind of players. Again, they're not trading necessarily for Russell Westbrook. Right. They're trading for a salary that is likely a buyout situation, but it's if you put those picks on the table, I think certainly there's a, a potential deal there. Donovan. Out. Hmm. Well, I mean, just to remind folks at home, I know you said the, the magic words, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Why, why has not that deal not gone down yet, Nick? Well, it's interesting because in Mark's scenario, I think that was what the Nets were looking for all along, the two picks. Mm. And because the two picks, it seems, weren't made available, now they're trying to say, oh, well, hey, let's see what happens at the start of the year. Maybe Kevin wants to come back and, and see how it goes. But if those two picks that the Lakers would attach to Westbrook to make the money work, I think that's still a possibility down the line, but as always, it depends on what happens with Kevin Durant and what his future holds in Brooklyn. Anything is possible except for a KD-Russ reunion. Stop it. No, Stop Russ, it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Russ, Russ is, uh, Russ is a, a contract. Russell Westbrook has become Russell Westbrook's contract. <laughs> he has gone to a different level in the league. He's no longer this star player that we saw in Oklahoma City all those years. It is about making the money work. And if they got those two picks, I think it's something that they would potentially revisit down the line. Well, and at least the public sentiment that's coming out of the Lakers coming from Darvin Ham right now is we're going to make it work with Russell Westbrook. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to get him up to snuff on defense. We're going to have him be a screener. We're going to have him shoot more corner threes. We'll see if that 
is going to work. What's the alternative? Man, this is a terrible fit. Wow, we're screwed. <laughs> I mean, come on. What's he supposed to say? That's very true. He's a new magician. He's, he's going to figure it out. Well, if you think we're done talking about Kyrie Irving on this show, then you yeah. do not know NBA <laughs> today. So still to come on this very show, Nick Friedell, he details how important this season may be for Kyrie Irving. Plus, Mark Spears, I hear that you have a little story time for us. You're going to share an encounter with the late, great Kobe Bryant. Trust me, you folks are not going to want to miss that. And which dimes made our top of the top list? Our panel chooses their best passer in the game today. Ooh, that is a tough decision. NBA Today will be right back after this. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Barnes with the hustle, but it's Philly Ball. Hard nice Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews here with Mark Spears, Nick Friedel, and Tim McMahon. And it is NBA Assist Week. And guys, the bar is so high for this top of the top that we're about to do right here that the plays that you all just saw, they didn't even make the cut. So are you guys ready to see what did? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we're going to start with top behind the back. Look at Iggy hey. behind the back. You got to dunk that. You got to dunk that. Nice pass, Iggy. D. Lee. D. Lee said, all right, I got this. Iggy said, I still have the fountain of youth on my side. Take a look at this. But look at this theatrics, the theatrics, the leaning of the head, the, the, the magic kind of stuff. I like that. It's I like when it. it all went downhill for the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. We're, game we're looking at highlights, game. and you're ripping the Bulls. Come on. Now. Well, speaking of, I'm so sorry, Tori and Prince. You guys remember. You remember. You had a front row seat to this. The Wolves, they were hosting the Mavs. Luca. Very rude guest. You're supposed to be kind to your hosts, Luca. What was that? He loves My putting on goodness. a show. He loves Dang. putting on a show. And fortunately for Torian Prince, he had very good aim on that pass. Yes. Not the Cohenus factor. Uh, well, that would have been Ooh. a really. Hate that is a heck of a pass, Luca. Showtime, Luca. Wow. Impressive. All right. Let's go to the top Starberry impression. Say that 10 times fast. LaMelo 
gets the switch, nice. and then gets fancy with it. Nice. What do we think, Nick? Slide of the hand. If he played somewhere besides Charlotte, how much more popular would this kind of stuff be? I think he is still, I mean, only up. Charlotte, they're one of my dark horses in the East this year. So, and it's largely dark because. Dark horse for what? Number zero ain't gonna be there. <laughs> they're, my version, they're my version. They're the, you know how he feels about the Kings? That's how I feel about okay, Charlotte. Okay. All right. Top gold court. You knew this was coming, guys. This might have been. No, nah, that was it. This is it for the Touchdown. season for me. What is better? Touchdown. Is it the pass, the catch, or the make? I don't even know. Look at this. I tell you what, John Morant would have made a great wide receiver. Steven Adams, I don't know. You know, if he maybe if he grew up in Texas and not New Zealand, he'd be a quarterback. That was the same game where he That's dunked on Jakob Pertle too, right? Whew, yeah. Heck, all right. Top behind the head. So we did the behind the back. This is behind the head. Marcus Smart out in transition. Look at this. Finds Al Horford. Nice. And also, I mean, can we talk? I cannot wait for the rematch of Bucks Celtics. That series was so epic. I just want to see more of these types of passes, Tim. I wouldn't look better if he had the green hair dye at the time. I really think the green <laughs> hair dye kind of enhances everything Marcus Smart does on the floor. I think so too. And the story behind it, uh, doing it, you know, for his his grandmother too, I believe, um, is is really wonderful. All right, let's spin it forward. Heading into this season, Nick Friedle, who do you think? will be the top passer. Give me the joker. Mm. Everything he does is I like purpose. That. When he's got the ball, he knows exactly where he wants to go. The guy is unbelievably skilled, but he doesn't get enough credit for the type of passer that he is. I don't know. Kendrick Perkins had him, Perkins had him on his top five all-time dime throwers in NBA history last week. Tim McMahon, who you got? I'm going to go with a guy who shares Fidel's love for cheeseburgers, Luka Doncic. And <laughs> no. Yes. Wait, listen. No. You can call, you I, 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 obviously, I see him a lot. But, I mean, you talk about he has the lobs, he has the nutmegs, he has the behind the back, the no looks. That big, that ability to score sets up so many things, and the creativity and the vision. LeBron James is the only real comp, you know, as far as that type of package as a passer. All right, Mark Spears. How, how they not, not say Chris Paul? Chris Paul is an all-time, all-time Third and all-time in assists, 23 away from 11,000, the architect of Lob City. Mm. There is no Lob City without Chris Paul. Everybody with the Suns has their contracts now. There's going to be a kumbaya. They're going to be great. Chris Paul will lead the league in assists. Chris Paul. I, I don't know. Of those three, I kind of like Nick and the Joker. I think he might be on to something there. Just because of the package that those passes come in, how often do you see a seven-footer throwing dimes like that? I mean, Nick, I, I think I might be with you on this one. Um, someone else who is a very good passer but better known for his handles is one Mr. Kyrie Irving. So we are wrapping up NBA Assist Week here, but still to come on NBA Today, Kyrie Irving, no stranger to taking the road less travel so how might this season impact his basketball legacy and also we are going to preview the battle of LA or maybe the lack thereof what can we expect between the hallway rivals this season plus an update on the Clippers health and Lachina Robinson joins the show to analyze the first round matchup between the Storm and the Mystics more NBA today after this 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Fans of the NBA know that some of the greatest, most intense debates, they surround legacy. What is it? Whose is the best? How can a player's be improved? And Kevin Durant posed this question of how do you add to your legacy over the summer? And it was actually what, what I thought was this sweet reprieve from the vitriol of social media and people got to share their victories and mundane tasks. It was nice. but. When one considers Durant's teammate, Kyrie Irving, and his winding course through the sport, the answer, it's a little bit more murky. So for more, here's our Nets reporter, Nick Friedel. What makes Kyrie, Kyrie? Is it the quick, fancy handle? Oh, what a move! Kyrie Irving, mesmerizing! The crafty finishing ability? Oh, beautiful English from Kyrie Irving! The reality is, it's all of that wrapped into one of the most unpredictable packages the NBA has ever seen. The Cleveland Cavaliers select Kyrie Irving. In the beginning, Irving's play drew praise across the league, and the love he felt from Cleveland made him want to stay forever. Are you going to leave us like LeBron left us? No, I won't leave. I'm not leaving. How can I leave you guys? But it was one particular future teammate that seemed to take more notice than most. Hey, Barry. Show us all the fans, man. You gotta put it up. You gotta put it up. Irvin and James came together and made some special memories in those Cavalier uniforms. But none more important than this. Cleveland! This is for you! But being at the top of the mountain wasn't enough for Kyrie. How does that saying go again? Expect the unexpected. How did it come to this with Kyrie Irving and LeBron James? Kyrie Irving doesn't want to be LeBron James' little brother. He doesn't want to be LeBron James' sidekick, and he doesn't want to play for an organization in the Cleveland Cavaliers. Irving packed his bags and headed east to Boston. He felt that he was ready to lead his own team to a championship. 
When you get to that crossroad in your, in your career and in your life and you have to make that decision, it's not about necessarily figuring out what the other person's intended. After dealing with injuries at the end of his first season, Irving, once again, sounded like a man who was ready to commit to a long-term home. You guys will have me back. I plan on re-signing here next year. But by the end of the season, Irving flipped the script again. Has your mindset shifted, though, in regards to re-signing uh, with Boston like the announcement? Ask me July 1st. That offseason, Irving got the chance to choose his next destination, Brooklyn. Pairing up with his good friend Kevin Durant, forming a dynamic duo that was supposed to set the tone for the rest of the league. As was the case in his two previous stops, there were highs. Six D Kyrie Irving. And there were lows. I understood their uh, their choice to, to say if you're not gonna be vaccinated, fully vaccinated, then you know you can't be a full participant. Did you see any pain? particularly from Kyrie Irving, Kendrick Perkins. Did you see anything that said, you know what, it really, really hurts? We just got swept. Do you want to be a Brooklyn Nets still? <laughs> pass it, pass it, pass it to my left. <laughs> the unpredictability that has defined his career never wavers. It's what makes Kyrie, Kyrie. Trying to figure out Irving both on and off the court is no easy task. Elite or an enigma. There is a fork in this road, and this season could very well determine which turn he takes. Really great job there by our producer, Forrest Gaines, Forrest. who oversaw that piece. We're now joined by the voice of that essay, our laugh track, Nick Friedel, who is also covering the Very smooth voice us. there, Nick. Nick Thanks. always has kind of that smooth voice, smooth laugh. So do you, Ohm. Oh, thank you. Ohm Young-Masuk joining us today as well. And gentlemen, we just sort of explored Kyrie's path there. And I think that we saw him say that, yes, he wants to be somewhere. And of course, people can change their minds, right? <laughs> but it's the repetitiveness that I think has worn down the trust with Kyrie being somewhere, saying something, doing the opposite of that. So in Brooklyn, in this specific case, we don't know the exact ins and outs of the conversations that are happening within the organization, but I think it's fair to say that there seems to be a deterioration of trust there. How can that be rebuilt to make it work this season, Nick? Because all signs right now are pointing to a very real possibility that Kyrie's on the roster. He's got to show up. He's got to play. He's got to be a part of that team every day, Malika. And he's got to play at the level that everybody in the league knows he's capable of, but he hasn't shown it in the last couple of years. So is it possible to regain that trust? Absolutely. Kyrie is an incredibly talented player, one of the best guards we've seen in this era. Hmm. Having said that, the team and organization, they don't trust him. And that trust has eroded over time. And to think, after everything Sean Mark said at the end of the season about regaining our culture and we want to build it back up to where we were, and now Joe Sy's tweeting about, oh, Kyrie's one of the best, and, and the net social media is putting out all this stuff with Kyrie's event from a couple weeks ago. That is quite the 180 from where they were uh, right after the season. So count me in a group that is going to be very surprised if that trust within this team is going to be able to be rebuilt at a high level again. Malika and Nick, you both know I'm an old school R&B fan. We do know that. I'm going to an old school concert tomorrow where Lisa Lisa is the headliner. And to quote Lisa Lisa in one of her famous, two famous songs, <laughs> one, Lost in Emotion, 
Kyrie is constantly lost in emotion. That's why we cannot read the tea leaves with him all the time. Sure, the smoke coming out of Brooklyn right now is that he wants to stay. He looks like he's going to be there, and everybody in Brooklyn is going along with it. But it's not far from Kumbaya. We don't know what the dude wants to even play 60 or 70 games. He's got, we talk about being there every day. You're absolutely right, but he's not. He's got to play the whole season. Is he committed to the team? This is something that Joe Sy wants. This is something that Steve Nash wants. They want a team that's going to compete hard. Guys that are going to be there. Guys that aren't going to be headaches. And that's the other thing, to quote my girl Lisa Lisa, everybody around the league, including the Nets, and this has got to be the theme song for the Lakers if they want to try to trade for him, anybody that wants to try and make a deal for Kyrie Irving, I wonder if I take you home. Will you still love me? Are you going to be here for me? Nobody knows the answer to that question. Kyrie doesn't even know the answer. That's the problem with Kyrie. We don't know what he wants. It changes from day to day. What is his mood going to be like every single day? That is the Nets' reality moving forward for the entire season. Did they have to deal with this on a day-to-day -day basis? I, I think that that is the best analogy that I have heard all day, all week, and oh, yeah. that I'm going to hear at least for the month. Um, it seems like what you're saying, though, is all of the trust repair is on the side of Kyrie Irving. It's not necessarily lying with the front office, with the coaching staff. It's what Kyrie needs to prove to the organization. So I wonder this season, because you touched on it, right? When I was covering the Nets, that was the season that Kyrie took a hiatus, and it was partly for mental health reasons, partly kind of unclear who he told, when he was coming back, what was happening there. The trust isn't there but how much this season do you think, Nick, starting with you, is going to have an impact on his basketball legacy? Because we know how much he does for folks off of the court. But on the court, how much of an impact will this season have? Malika, it's gigantic because the rest of the league is waiting to see how he responds and if he really wants to lock in as a member of a team that potentially could still win at a high level. Mm. When you think of Kyrie's legacy right now, you think of the shot he hit in Game 7 with the Cavs, yes. one of the best ever in the history of the game. And then 1A is an incredibly talented guard who you were never sure you could trust night to night. Mm. And in order to change that perception, he has to show up and deliver like the superstar that he has been in the past. There were moments last year where you saw it and glimpses of what Kyrie used to be. And there were far too many other moments, especially when you started talking to people in the organization, where he would say something or he would do something on the floor or he wouldn't be there at all because of his decision not to get vaccinated, where people would look around in that room, guys, and they would be going, what the hell is going on? And in order to change the perception that Kyrie has created for himself, yeah. he has to go out and play the way everybody knows he's capable of, but he's got to do it night after night after night. And there are huge questions in the league as to whether he can. This goes beyond this season for me. If you come in and wreck my home and you're a home wrecker, it's going to take a long time for you to earn my trust back. And I think that is what's going to happen to the Nets. I was there at the beginning of camp in San Diego last year. Everybody was tiptoeing around Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Steve Nash. Nobody wanted to say anything wrong with the whole vaccine issue. Mm. Everybody was allowing him to do whatever he was going to do. That wrecked the entire team right from the start in San Diego. He's going to have to earn it back. I don't even care if they win a championship this season. 
he's still going to have to prove it over multiple seasons. I think that I think I'd probably in speaking for many around the league who believe that way too. Absolutely. Because you just look if Kyrie Irving stays there, he wins a championship this season, then he moves on to another team. If you're the new team, you still got to wonder what's around the corner. Is this right. guy going to be around? Is he going to stick with us? Is he fully committed? You don't know that just because he won another championship. No, it's got to be a multiple season thing for me. Well, it seems to me that there is no question that Kyrie Irving is one of the greatest, if not the greatest ball handler of all time. He is in that conversation, certainly. That shot that he hit for the Cavaliers is cemented in history. Mm -hmm. But there is enough, and there's enough ticks in the basketball side over here, but there's also the ticks that you all have just mentioned. The not being available due to vaccination status. The disappearances without clear communication with the Brooklyn Nets a season before that. The unreliability, the unavailability. So which is gonna have more? At the end, when it's all said and done, and this season is an opportunity to put more notches in the basketball side and less notches in the other side, right? Why should anybody trust, given what we've seen, that Kyrie is going to turn around now? And this ties right into what Ohm was saying, because Ohm has watched that team, and Malika, you were there for a year, and you know that everything hovers around Kyrie being there right. and being available, and I just don't see the nets trusting in him long term to a point where they commit to him any longer than potentially this year. Ultimately, we'll still remember him, though, down the road, way down the road for his unbelievable ball handling skills and all the skills. But will it tarnish his legacy? And is that something people are going to be talking about from years now? And the song is going to be what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> and that's what we're going to be singing. All right. Still to come on NBA Today, we analyze the storm and how they took and game one and how the sky can even up the series with the Liberty on Saturday. NBA Today rolls on after this. Come on, man. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Welcome back to NBA Today. 
You heard him. Welcome back. And here with me now is ESPN WNBA analyst and host of Around the Rim podcast and also a guest host of this show, LaChina <laughs> Robinson. Thank you so much for hanging with us, LaChina. Thank you so much for having me, Malika. And thank you for letting me sit in your seat for two seconds. Letting two seconds. you. This it was <laughs> my pleasure. I was beaming watching you. And, and now you're just off to the next thing. You're in Seattle after being on the call for last night's game. You literally do it all. You were on the call between the Mystics and the Storm. I want to take a look at the highlight here, remind our viewers exactly what went down. Help me out here. Brianna Stewart in the Storm hosting Elena Deladon in the Mystics. It's the first round of the WNBA playoffs. And this was an excellent game with China. This is the second quarter. Look at this. Mystics except three Deladon with the turnaround jumper there. Yeah, I mean, it was a back-and-forth battle, and Elena Deladon and Brianna Stewart just proved once again why they're two of the best players in the world. Deladon with 26 points, Stewart with 23. I mean, it was beautiful to watch. Not to mention, Stewart eclipsed 400 career playoff points in just 17 games, tied for the fewest games needed to reach that mark. Let's go ahead to the fourth, where things got really good. 320 left to play. Mystics up two. Deladon runner off the glass. It's good. Mystics up four now. And you mentioned this was back-and-forth on the other end. It was Jewel Lloyd down the street stretch here she hits the three and now the storm are down just one and you know what happens here two minutes left to play same score Deladon drives gets it to go game high 26 as you mentioned LaChina 42 seconds oops 130 left Jewel once again gets the friendly bounce there I got a little eager because with 42 seconds this game got so good Jewel once again it's good Seattle Able to take a slight lead there. 18 seconds left. Elena Deladon can't quite get it to go. The Storm, they get away with a three-point win in game one. The Storm able to edge out the Mystics, maintain home court advantage here. So I'm curious, LaChina, what was your biggest takeaway? Because that was such an incredible game from this game one here. Well, we started right away, uh, you know, talking about the play of Brianna Stewart and, yeah. and Elena Deladon, knowing that we were going to see two of the best. So they kind of neutralized each other on both ends, though Deladon went ham down the stretch of uh, that game. But it came down really to the contributions of others. And I thought for the Seattle Storm, absolutely Jewel Lloyd in the fourth quarter after not hitting a field goal for three quarters um, took the game in control. And Jewel has the ability to do that. You know, I mean, um, she can really just get the ball and, and make shots and uh, make big plays. But Gabby Williams, I thought, did not get enough credit for what she did. 12 mm. points, seven rebounds, six assists, really did a little bit of everything, put some pressure and length on Natasha Cloud on the perimeter made it difficult for her to make plays. But these two players, in my opinion, I thought stepped up and did the little things that Seattle needed to get them over the hump in addition to the play of Brianna Stewart. Absolutely. And it was just such a fun game. I do, though, want to pivot to the only first-round series that featured an upset, at least thus far. Seventh-seeded Liberty, they defeated the champions, the Sky. Chicago, though, appears to have taken another blow. James Kay of the Next Hoops reported that Kalia Copper suffered an ankle injury today at practice. What does that potential injury mean for this series moving forward? Yeah, I saw that as well, and obviously that's um, not good news for the Chicago Sky. In my opinion, Kalia Copper is the absolute catalyst to everything that they do. Not only was she scoring against uh, New York, but her ability to rebound from the perimeter, her defense, she's just the motor. Um, but in, in this matchup, in my opinion, it's really about the defense of Chicago. They struggled down the stretch of the regular season to defend losing two of three, and then they allowed the New York Liberty to come in and shoot 49% from the field, 44% from long range. I mean, New York 
York hit 11 three-pointers. Everyone in their starting lineup hit a three, but, you know, Hopefully, Kalia is good and, and okay to go. But either way, Chicago's got to find their defense because Sabrina Ionescu and company have come in and really been a problem on the offensive end. And I would add to that that I thought the contributions of Benajah Laney, 17 points in that game, but she only played the last five games of the regular season. Um, you know, so teams haven't had a, a chance to prepare for her. I thought her contributions were big. And also, Stephanie Dolson and Natasha Howard uh, really stepping up for New York. So it's going to come down to Chicago. Chicago's defense either way. And yeah. I think Candace Parker's leadership will definitely be what fuels them on that end of the floor. Particularly against a Liberty team that they've just found ways to win time and time again. They've been scrappy this season. Latrina, will you hang with me? Because it is now time for today's WNBA Corner presented by Google. And here's today's search trend provided by Google. Searches for all WNBA first team. They spiked 300% in the United States earlier this week. The official results, they will not come until September 15th, but this year's ballot is unlike the ones from the past. The WNBA, they have done what NBA fans have clamored for for years. They went positionless for the all WNBA first team. So, LaChina, I'm curious here, what are your thoughts on this switch up by the league? Well, you have to tip your hat to the WNBA for evolving, right, along with the game. The game is more positionless. You know, you have forwards that can play point guards, centers that can shoot threes. I mean, players that can do multiple things and that play multiple positions and roles. So um, I love the change. What I thought was interesting for the WNBA, though, is for years we've all been trying to put, like, four power forwards on first team. Like, I just <laughs> right. try to send my ballot in and see if anyone says anything. But this year there was tremendous guard play. I mean, when you look at Kelsey Plum and Skylar Diggins-Smith, you know, a Jackie young players like that that we could see um, you know on a first team the guards held their own this season now the headliners as far as MVP are still back to the power forwards and this now center in Asia Wilson uh, and Brianna Stewart but I like the change I just think the guards actually gave us uh, some positions to score on that first team this year which was a little different once again the WNBA leading the way I, I think that this is something that the NBA should also absolutely consider LaChina thank you so much for your time we look forward to hearing your voice on the calls throughout these playoffs. And tomorrow, the WMA playoffs, they continue the defending champion Sky and the Mercury. They're facing elimination. WNBA countdown tips off our coverage at 11.30 a.m. And that is on ESPN2. And then on Sunday, two more elimination games. Ooh-wee! First up, Wing Sun at noon on ABC and then the Mystic Storm at 4 Eastern on ESPN and the app I cannot wait. Speaking of greatness, still to come on NBA Today, Mark Spears takes us through story time with the late Kobe Bryant. You do not want to miss this tale. I promise we will be right back. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So I used to have this beautiful, well-fitting Adidas black sweatsuit that I love. So one time after a Lakers practice, I caught Kobe Bryant in the parking lot and I wanted to talk to him for an interview. And he goes, why are you disrespecting me like that? I'm like, what are you talking about? Why, why are you wearing this Adidas stuff, man? You know I'm Nike. I'm, I'm not gonna do the interview unless you get rid of that suit. I'm like, man, how am I supposed to get rid of the suit right now? I have forgot that Kobe had, I guess, a feud with Adidas because Adidas was still selling his old shoe, even though he had moved over to Nike. And I'm like, man, I can't change it right now. He's like, all right, all right, all right. When you get home, I want you to take that suit and throw it away. And then I want you to send me video of you having thrown away the suit so I'll know that you actually did it. So I'm gonna do the interview, but you gotta send me this video of you getting rid of this Adidas suit. And don't ever disrespect me like that again. It's like, all right, all right, man. So I literally went home that next day and I had an apartment that had a trash chute. And I took the Adidas shoes, I took the sweatsuit and videotaped me throwing it away and lived up to my side of the bargain and sent it to him. So from now on, whenever I do an interview with a player one-on-one, I make sure that I have a pair of Nikes, Adidas, Under Armour, Reebok, whatever available to make sure that I don't disrespect them because I don't want to keep throwing away clothes like Kobe Bryant made me throw clothes away. The late, great Kobe Bryant making <laughs> sure that you knew the dress sure. was it crushed velvet was it, was it velour nice. it was nice i probably could have been a hip-hop artist with that sweatsuit oh, okay now, look you can't blame kobe he wasn't into run dmc okay so yeah, he yeah, probably yeah. wasn't feeling that at the time but, but at my height and my size 3xlt like that's a hard sweatsuit to find but i i got rid of it well kobe bryant's birthday would have been his 44th birthday would have been yeah. next tuesday anscape is going to be covering kobe bryant day in a very special way so make sure to check that out but mark when you were what you said you learned from this you yeah. learned that now you keep all of the bags or in your trunk Hans. <laughs> you can always which is still Cole nike Hans. yeah yeah cool haunts but kobe i mean he was he was known right for his yeah. competitiveness for just the drive that he brought to the game what was it like to cover him just a little snippet of what we're going to be celebrating uh, he, he he was the best um we're not supposed to miss players when they're done playing but after his last game i was like dang i don't know if i ever have mm. that kind of relationship he's the only player that actually invited me to go in the training room to interview him it's the first and last time I've ever been in a training room, and I'm like, I could come in there, and he's like, looking at me like, I'm saying you could come. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but he, he would talk to me after practices, games, media day, give me access behind the scenes that, yeah. you know, 
it's hard to get from a star, but to get it from him, and he, he actually genuinely cared about you as a person, you know, I'll never forget that. He got it. That was the thing. And he came from a different generation. I mean, my first one of my first impressions of Kobe was totally different because I was in New York for the legendary All-Star Game in 1998 where Kobe was there. And this kid, I remember, was take, doing whatever he could to go up Michael Jordan. And I remember thinking, he waved off Carl Malone. Carl Malone came over <laughs> and wanted to do a pick and roll, okay? Kobe waved him off to go at Michael. And I remember thinking to myself, and I was a young guy at the time too, but I was like, the I gotta channel my Stephen A here. The audacity <laughs> that this kid had yeah, to yeah. wave off the mailman and his muscles and go at Michael Jordan. And that after, was his moment though. After the game though, I, a lot of people in New York respected Kobe mm. and it's a big no-no, Mark knows this, that you don't go and ask for people's autographs, especially yeah. in the locker room. One reporter in New York did go up and ask Kobe to sign his, his box score. And I remember thinking, oh man, that, that's not a good look. Right. But now, you know, that thing is probably worth a lot. But that moment in time, I remember thinking, because you know, that, that All-Star game was awesome. It was like Grant Hill, yeah. Michael Jordan, all that. And I remember thinking like, here's this 18-year-old that really took it over. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and next Tuesday, we'll be celebrating Kobe Bryant and Scape will be leading that special coverage. Ohm, please don't go too far because we are going to go to Disney World. Well, Ohm went to Disney World <laughs> with the Lopez twins back in 2019. Find out what the Brooke Lopez did at the most magical place on Earth. We will be back in 60 seconds. Let's take it to the most magical place on earth, Disney World. Brooke Lopez proposed to his longtime girlfriend in front of the Tree of Life at Animal Kingdom. And it was 13 years to the day since the couple first met in the park. Oh. And Ohm, I mean, is this the most this is the most Brooke Lopez Congrats, Brooke. Uh, look, I got to go to Disney, flew on a private jet with him and Robin to go down for one Smell day you. in between games to get on Rise of the Resistance. The only thing I'm disappointed in Brooke is that he actually didn't do it on a Star Wars ride. But this is perfect for him. There is no other way he could have done it. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets married in Disney. <laughs> well, he Disney does. World. Doesn't he have a house, right? Yes. You guys? That is like an ode to Disney World. I think there's an actual moat inside the house. By the way, I went to Disney World for the first time the other week. Rise of the Resistance was awesome. Have you been? Not yet. Uh, I'm going. You gotta we're go. We're gonna go right after this, right after All the right, show. Well. Hop in the car, ditch your Adidas <laughs> suit, and we're gonna get out there That's and go, because right. it is. Well, I'm glad she said yes, because that then wouldn't have been the happiest place. Well, there you go. There you go. I mean, <laughs> the, I think congratulations to Brooke, to his girlfriend, now fiance, yeah. uh, for that, that wonderful uh, moment. Like I said, we are going to be going on a little break here. We will be back after Labor Day. Most likely, what are we going to see, Nick? Most likely trade? Uh, Donovan Mitchell, maybe. I don't think it's Kevin yet. What do you think? KD. KD, what do you think? No trade. Well, Sorry. we will see you in September.